Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. What Happens in Vegas by Malibu Sunset on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 1 Las Vegas. When Mulder steps from the air conditioned cab, the wall of stagnant heat hits him like a tidal wave and his cotton shirt suctions itself to his body. Beads of sweat gather on his shoulder blades as he digs through his wallet for an appropriate tip. His small carry-on bag managed to get beat to hell even more than usual in the overhead compartment of the plane, and it sags sadly on the curb waiting for him. He considers blaming Frohickey and company for that, too. Bunch of weenies. He can't believe they thought they'd get away with luring Scully out to Vegas on false pretenses. He could have told them they were in over their heads. It was inevitable that she'd figure it out. And when she did, she was on the phone with Mulder, who hopped a plane to Nevada two hours later. And here he is, sweating his ass off in Sin City. The convention has the hotel sold out, but between the guys and Scully, he figures he can mooch a pillow and a blanket off someone. He dials Scully's cell phone, gets voicemail, hangs up without leaving a message, then dials Frohickey. Someone pokes his shoulder and he spins to see his trollish friend staring up at him sheepishly, his phone to his ear. Mulder punches the end button and pockets the phone. Do you know how many drinks you owe me if I can keep her from kicking your ass for this, he says? Approximately, although the ass-kicking holds some allure, I must admit. Where is everybody? Scully's not answering her phone. Not sure. She and Langley finished the autopsy an hour ago. Maybe she's in her room. I need somewhere to toss my bag and take a shower. Frohickey fishes into the pocket of his black leather jacket and hands Mulder a credit card key. Here, room 631. Find Scully and meet us in the casino bar, amigo. We need a plan before this thing gets any weirder. Mulder nods and pockets the key, heading for the elevator. Showered and changed, Mulder tries Scully again to no avail. Where the hell is she? He tries seducing the front desk clerk into giving him her room number, but meets failure there too, as well as unoppressed looks when he flashes his badge. He leaves feeling vaguely stalkerish and makes his way through the casino towards the bar. He hasn't been to Vegas in years. The last time was right after Diana had left for Europe, and he came to work a case by himself, disgruntled by being alone again. Certainly it had been as much to drown himself in the excuses available to him as it had been out of any real legitimacy to the case. He had played table games and downed scotch all night with a blue-eyed brunette he'd met in the elevator. The only reason he'd gone back to his room alone that night was because he'd had too much to drink and didn't want to push his luck, so to speak. He paces towards the bar now, weaving a path through inebriated gamblers. When he hears it, carried above the hum of the crowd, carefree and melodious, like wind chimes. He'd know that laugh anywhere, although he's certain he's never heard it like this before. An expression of concern and bewilderment settles onto his face as his gait quickens as he pushes past suits and sequins. He sees Frohickey before he spots Scully, his short stature drowning amidst a crowd of at least five men, all hovering around the pretty redhead on the barstool. Jesus Christ. Mulder stops short at the sight of Scully, and he does a double take. It's her, all right. But if he was a betting man, 
he'd say she'd been possessed by the spirit of Marilyn Monroe. She's working a crowd of eager men better than a pinup girl on a military base. With a flip of her hair, she suggestively extracts an unlit cigarette from a pack offered to her, using only her mouth. That mouth. His stomach tightens as he watches the vultures circle, and he doesn't need to read through bubbles above their head to know exactly what each one of them is thinking. A blonde-haired man leans in and whispers something in her ear, and she erupts into careless laughter, blinking up at him from beneath batty lashes and wetting her lips. What the absolute fuck is going on? And who the hell managed to get Scully drunker than sorority pledge? Jaw tight and hands fist at his sides, he moves in. He's just paces away when he sees Frohickey coaxing Scully down off her stool and tugging her out of the crowd, her heels shuffing reluctantly after him. She sends a regretful look over her shoulder towards her suitors, who appear equally disappointed. Mulder quells the urge to toss a few punches, but decides that getting thrown out of the casino for the night isn't to anyone's benefit, especially Scully's at this point. He steps into their path and addresses Frohickey defensively. What the hell is going on? What's the matter with her? Frohickey raises one hand surrender while continuing to steady Scully with his other arm. Mulder can only imagine what his expression must look like because the smaller man appears as if he wants to tuck tail and run. Damn if I know, she was fine earlier. Who knew Scully could drink this much? Scully's attention has now completely shifted onto Mulder. An enormous smile lights up her face. There you are. She pushes towards Mulder and bumps into his chest, before riding herself with a hand to the front of his shirt. I thought you'd never get here. Her giggle is rapturous and confusing to multiple parts of his body. How much have you had to drink, Scully? Her hair flies about her face as she shakes her head vehemently. Not a one. She crosses herself sloppily with an index finger and pouts her bottom lip at him. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Frohickey and Mulder exchange skeptical looks. Scully's smile fades as she pats the front of her eyes, glancing down about the carpeted floor. Where's my cigarette? I had a cigarette just a minute ago. Just as quickly as the smile faded, it returns. Oh, Mulder, let's play some slot machines. You want to play slot machines with me? Her small hand darts into the very top of his front pants pocket before he knows what's coming. Do you have any money, Mulder? He flinches away from her and grabs her hand. Scully, hey, hey, take it easy there. Someone must have slipped something into one of her drinks, says Frohickey. Scully hangs off Mulder's arm, giggling up at him. A cocktail waitress with a tray of dirty glasses walks by, and Scully's hand stretches to grab a half-empty tumbler of amber liquid. Before she can bring it to her mouth, Mulder snatches it from her and places it behind them on a table, ignoring Scully's indignant pout. Take her up to her room, instructs Mulder. Stay with her until I get there. Don't let her out of your sight. I'm going to question the bartender and find out who served her. Frohickey nods and takes Scully by the arm. Come on, good time, Sally. Let's get you someplace where you can sleep it off. Scully grins back over her shoulder at Mulder, but follows Frohickey obediently out of the casino. Mulder can't believe that no one at the bar can remember who might have served a pretty redhead. About an hour ago, but his questions are met with blank, inconvenient stares. Look, buddy, it's a crowded bar. I just serve them. I don't take names and addresses, the bartender says sarcastically. 
Mulder's middle finger twitches, but he behaves himself. The emptiness in his stomach gets the better of him, and he buys a bag of seeds and a candy bar in the gift shop and heads for the elevator. He anticipates a lively evening, babysitting Scully until she sleeps it off. He's never seen her like this before, and while a drunken flirtatious Scully would have normally intrigued him in a good way, he feels more bothered by the oddness of the circumstances instead. She was fine when he spoke to her on the phone just hours ago. So what then? She had hung up the phone and decided to go down to the bar and get tanked and pick up strange men? It didn't add up. Scully had a rebellious streak in her, but not a stupid one. Mulder's cracking a seat in his teeth in the elevator, halfway to the sixth floor, when he notices a man in a pinstripe suit, his only elevator companion, giving him the visual once-over, followed by a friendly smile. Any luck down there for you tonight, my friend? His accent is curious. German or maybe Russian? Mulder smiles back and meets his eyes. Afraid not. You? The man tilts his head thoughtfully. Not yet, but the night is young, no? Mulder chuckles politely and nods, turning towards the elevator doors as the car hums to a stop. The last thing he hears is the ding of the elevator doors, right before he collapses under a sharp, quick blow to the back of his skull, and everything goes black. Scully is on her knees in front of the small hotel room refrigerator, shifting the contents about carelessly. Frohickey checks and double-checks his digital watch. Where the hell is everybody? It's been 45 minutes since he brought Scully up to her room and still no sign of Mulder or anyone else for that matter. And regardless of how much he adores Scully, she's beginning to make him a little nervous. She's been fluttering about like a hummingbird since they arrived. The moment they got to the room, she went about flipping through every cable channel three times before kicking off her heels and flopping onto the center of the king-size bed. Smiling up at him. Lie down and talk to me. I'm so bored. She had pouted, her blazer askewed and her silk blouse pulled tight. Bad, bad, bad idea, Melvin. Talk about death wish. If he so much as touches that bed with her on it and Mulder walks in, it'll be all over but the crying. Despite all his wise-ass talk, Frohicki is an honorable man at heart. He does not take what doesn't belong to him. He's smart enough to read between the lines. It may not be in the traditional way, but Scully is absolutely spoken for. His protective eyes are on the back of her now, watching her sort through tiny glass bottles in the door of the fridge before her small hand starts twisting at the cap on a mini bottle of Bacardi. Rum! Look! And they have Coke, too. Let's mix rum and Cokes. Shit. Uh, no you don't, Scully. I think you've had enough for one night. Let's stick with water, shall we? He takes the rum from her hand and replaces it with a bottle of Dasani, but she pushes it aside already sidetracked by small packages of gold crinkly things. Ooh, Belgian chocolates, my favorite. She tears at the wrapper and slips a chocolate into her mouth. So good, she says blissfully, mouthful. Have one. Frohiggy takes the package and sets it down on the nightstand behind him. I have an idea, Scully. Why don't you get comfortable and relax and we'll try the TV again. Maybe find a movie or something while we wait for Mulder. Her face lights up at the name, childlike. Is Mulder here? Uh, yeah, of course Mulder's here, remember? We just saw him in the casino. That's right. She darts to the door excitedly and begins to unlock the deadbolt. Let's go find him. Let's find Mulder. Hang on there, Missy. Mulder told us to wait here, 
And that's what we're going to do, for Hickey throws the bolt again and attaches the chain, hoping to deter the pint-sized Houdini. I want to tell you a secret, she whispers, leaning into his shoulder, her hair tickling his neck. But you can't tell anyone, okay? Those insanely blue orbs blink up at him, and he manages an extremely cautious nod. I like Mulder. She smiles, eyebrows lifting. Okay, he replies quietly, like they're trading state secrets. That's good. I like Mulder, too. No, silly. I mean, I really like Mulder. This time she punctuates her statement with a girlish laugh. Like, really like him. You know what I'm saying? Her face is delightfully flushed. Uh, I'm pretty sure I do. Yes. Don't tell anyone, she says. Promise? Brohiki suppresses a laugh and places a hand to her shoulder soberly. Your secret is safe with me. I won't tell a soul. Jesus Christ. How can it be this difficult to get two hopelessly in love people together? Scully is already on to the next thing, sitting now on the edge of the bed, turning knobs on the clock radio. This is really boring. Vegas is supposed to be fun. I'm bored, Melvin. She fusses with an exaggerated sigh, twisting the radio knobs with a pouty look on her face. Let's go find a club where we can dance. She's like a cracked-out chihuahua. If only he could find something sparkly. He could probably keep her occupied until Mulder gets here. Two seconds later, she's on her feet, reeling him in by the lapels of his leather jacket. I love this song, Dance With Me. Her arms fold around his neck. Frohiki stands stick still with his hands out at his sides, not touching her. He swallows hard. You know, I'm not really much of a dancer, Scully. I think I'll sit this one out before Mulder walks in and rearranges my face, which isn't all that great to begin with, he thinks. Party pooper. She shrugs out of her black jacket and tosses it onto a chair. Then I guess I'll just have to dance alone then. Which is exactly what she does. Her hips start to circle provocatively. Don't watch, Melvin. Don't watch. She's not the least bit sober right now. And when she lifts her arms like that, you're seeing parts of her that look even better than you imagined they might. Mulder is a decent-sized guy, and he carries a gun. Melvin watches her anyway, and realizes how very screwed he is. When the knock sounds at the door, he jumps a mile. Scully keeps dancing as he goes to answer it. Not my idea, Mulder, not my idea, he silently chants to himself, practicing his plea. One glance through the peephole and he throws the door open. Where the hell have you turkeys been? Langley, Byers, and Suzanne waltz into the room. We are looking for Suzanne, exclaims Byers. Where were you, Langley frowns at Frohickey. We searched all over the casino for you. Froggy folds his arms over his chest and turns in the direction of Scully. The others stare at her curiously. I've been right here, babysitting the spookette. Scully continues her gyrations, clapping her hands together excitedly at the sight of their new room guests. Finally, it's about time this party got started. Her laugh is loud and unguarded, her hair twisting about her face as she moves. What is she doing, Aspires? Brows furrowed in concern. Dancing, proclaims Frohickey stiffly. How much did she have to drink, asked Langley. What's the matter with her, adds Byers. Turning the volume on the radio down, Frohickey shakes his head. Nobody seems to know. Mulder stayed down in the bar to try and figure that out, but that was an hour ago. He should have been up here by now. Scully pouts her bottom lip. What is it with you guys? Nobody knows how to dance around here. 
She searches for Langley's arm and tugs him closer. Hey, cutie, you'll dance with me, won't you? Langley starts reluctantly bobbing his head and shifting back and forth in his Doc Martens, nervously. Ferricky swats his arm. Ow! What the hell are you doing, bonehead? She asked me to dance with her, whines Langley. Frohickey levels a look at him and Langley slouches to a stop. She isn't drunk, asserts Suzanne confidently, striding towards Scully and grasping her arm to get her to stop dancing. Scully frowns her protest and tries to shug away from the other woman as Suzanne lifts the red tresses by her ear. Just as I thought, she's been injected with a drug. What do you mean? What kind of drug? asks Frohickey, squaring his shoulders and stepping in front of Scully protectively. The long-term effects are essentially harmless, assures Suzanne. I know because I designed it myself. It's an antiotech histamine. It suppresses higher brain function and promotes susceptibility. It lowers her inhibitions dramatically, causing her to do and say things she normally wouldn't. Well, that explains a hell of a lot. So what do we do about it? Now that he's certain Scully had absolutely nothing to do with her current state, Frohickey feels his anger rising. There's an antidote. I have it in my hotel room. If I inject her with it now, she'll sleep off the effects in six to eight hours. Then what are you waiting for? Challenges Frohickey. Byers reaches for Suzanne's arm. You can't go back to that room by yourself. It isn't safe. I'm going with you. Suzanne's hand covers John's. I'll be fine. You have to trust me. I'll slip in and out and be back in ten minutes, John. Stay here. Frohickey looks at him. She's right. If she's seen, she'll be safer by herself. We can't leave Scully like this. We need that antidote. Byers sighs and nods reluctantly, and Suzanne slips out the door with a promised return as soon as possible. What should we do while we wait? asks Langley. I'm going to go look for Mulder, says Frohickey. You two stay here and watch her. Don't leave her alone for a second. Mulder's already pissed off we dragged her here in the first place. Frohickey hears the hotel room deadbolt engage after he walks out. He makes his way down an empty hallway, towards the elevator. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember... The stories are out there.